be reading a series of articles from the Buffalo Rocket, the Thursday, May 11, 2023 issue. The first article, the Albright Knox Art Gallery, is set to reopen on June 12th. The now-closed Albright Knox Art Gallery will reopen Monday, June 12th at the Albright Knox Art Gallery, 1285 Elmwood Avenue, Buffalo, New York, with a new wing with other new attractions, as well as a bunch of new programs. The new attractions are set to create a conducive atmosphere for integrated learning with creative play. The museum, for merely, formerly known as the Albright Knox Art Gallery, has been closed since t late 2019 for a $168 million expansion project. The museum's vast expansion was funded by a $230 million capital campaign, the largest in the history of any Western New York cultural institute. The art museum, now named Buffalo AKG Art Museum, is set to include the new Jeffrey E. Gunlock Building, which will provide approximately 50,000 square feet more of exhibition space, in addition to five classroom studios, a new Ralph C. Wilson Jr. Town Square, and more than half an acre of new public green space. In the meantime, visit public art around Western New York, check out our current job openings, or explore the new collections online. For more information on the upcoming reopening, visit the buffaloakg.org. No border, no nation. I'm the proud son and grandson of Polish and Ukrainian immigrants that came to America the right way, legally documented, and eventually became citizens of our great nation. Having grown up during the apex of the Cold War between the United States and the Soviet Union, former President Ronald Reagan is credited for ending this conflict by enabling a foreign policy of peace through strength. This apparent paradox of building arms and strengthening our military worked brilliantly considering Russia could not keep up faced disastrous economic hardships and eventually cratered. I remember going through the citizenship paperwork of my Baba, grandmother, and Dido, grandfather, when coming to the United States. Their extensive paperwork listed them as farmers. When my Baba passed away, I found old notebooks in her handwriting very similar to the old Dick and Jane books. They were from her English classes. Granted, I half-jokingly say they quickly learned the language from numbers 1 through 75 and bingo. No problems at all with those letters and numbers. While my Ukrainian grandparents never forgot where they came from and passed down our native culture and heritage to me, they were also proud to be Americans, having despised the communist regime and iron first of the Iron Curtain that killed and persecuted millions of Ukrainians. I even helped my Baba study for the citizenship test she took in order to be finally called an American. 
she beamed with pride at her citizenship ceremony when she led the Pledge of Allegiance before the Honorable William Scrutiny, who swore her in as a citizen. It wasn't easy to become an American citizen for her on, on so many different levels. She faced insurmountable hardships fleeing a communist regime during World War II, saved enough money to come to America, then filled out all the proper documentations to become a U.S. citizen. The struggle made her much more appreciative of being Ukrainian-born and eventually dying as an American. As for President Ronald Reagan, he was also known for being incredibly protective of our southern border, famously stating a nation that cannot, cannot control its borders is not a nation. His words ring true decades later as Title 42 expired this week. It allowed the United States to expel illegal immigrants for health reasons pertaining to COVID pandemic. It also allowed migrants to be returned to their native countries or sent back to Mexico. With this expiration, tens of thousands of migrants are expected to freely flow across the southern border into the United States. More than likely, detained migrants will be released into the United States, won't return for their court dates, and their first action in our country will be breaking the rule of law by simply being here. There has to be a better way. Our great nation has built on legal immigrants that were properly documented, vetted, and accounted for at numerous ports of entry into the United States, most notably Ellis Island. Legal immigration is perfectly acceptable for anyone wishing to leave their native land for a better life in the United States, just like my grandparents. What is not acceptable is the free flow of fentanyl across our porous border that is killing people in the community in every corner of our country. What is not acceptable is an open border that encourages tens of thousands of people to enter our nation illegally. Politicians of all parties must work together to find a solution. What's taking place now is a crisis of epic proportions that is damaging the fabric of what it means to be America. My family came here the right way. There's no reason why others can't do the same. Until then, we come precipitately close to becoming what Ronald Reagan warned us about, that we will no longer are an indefinable nation by having tens of thousands of unidentified people crossing a border that no longer exists. Seniority. Ask Rusty, should octogenarians tell Social Security they're married? Dear Rusty, we were married two years ago at the age of 78 and 81. Do we need to do anything with Social Security? Signed, Blissfully Happy. Dear Blissfully Happy, congratulations on your fairly recent marriage. And yes, there are some things you should do. Specifically, you should contact Social Security to inform them of your marriage, see whether any additional benefits are available, and to make any changes needed to your contact information. Here are some things to consider. 
If a name change has occurred for one of you, that person should contact Social Security to report the change. A copy of your marriage certificate and other ID will be required and a new Social Security card will be issued. If a change of address has also occurred for one or both, that must be reported. It's important that Social Security has the correct mailing address, email, and contact phone number for every beneficiary. If there are any other changes to the contact information on file with Social Security and administration for either of you, e.g. your banking information, the affected person should inform Social Security of changes needed. Social Security will evaluate whether any benefit increase is available as a result of your marriage, which may be the case if one of you is entitled to a spousal boost and an additional amount from other now that you're married. A spousal boost may be available if one has a monthly Social Security payment that is more than twice the other's benefit. Social Security can answer that question for you when you call. You can contact either your local Social Security office or call the national number 1-800-772-1213 and tell them you need to inform them of your marriage and upgrade your contact information. If you have or if you create an e-online My Social Security account, you can initiate changes to your contact information online. But you will need to call Social Security directly via phone to record your marriage and see if any changes to monthly benefits are available. All of this can likely be done without requiring a visit to your local Social Security office. It is very important that Social Security be made aware of your new marital status and to ensure that they have the correct contact information for both of you. Even if the contact information is unchanged for one of you, the other should contact Social Security as described above to update their contact information and to determine if any changes to monthly benefits are appropriate as a result of your marriage. Doing so now will avoid future issues and will make sure you are both getting the correct monthly payments as a married couple. And if one of you is entitled to a higher spousal amount, you should ask for the increase to be applied retroactively. Social Security will pay up to six months retroactively. I suggest you call Social Security as soon as possible to inform them of your marriage and make any necessary changes to your contact information. This article is intended for information purposes only and does not represent legal financial guidance. It represents the opinions and interpretations of the AMC Foundation staff trained and accredited by the National Security Association and Foundation. Mother's Day is a holiday honoring motherhood that is observed in different forms throughout the world. In the United States, Mother's Day 2023 occurred on Sunday, May 14th. The American incarnation of Mother's Day was created by Anna Jarvis in 1908 and became an official U.S. holiday in 1914. 
Jarvis would later denounce the holiday's commercialization and spent the latter part of her life trying to remove it <clears throat> from the calendar. While dates and celebrations vary, Mother's Day traditionally involves presenting moms with flowers, cards, and other gifts. Once a major tradition in the United Kingdom and parts of Europe, this celebration fell on, for, on the fourth Sunday in Lent and was originally seen as a time when the faithful would return to their mother's church, the main church in the vicinity of their home, for a special service. Over time, the Mothering Sunday tradition shifted into a more secular holiday and children would present their mothers with flowers and other tokens of appreciation. This custom eventually faded in popularity before merging with the American Mother's Day in the 30s and 40s. It is a day which makes people remember the importance and significance of mothers in their life and is observed as a day to give special emphasis to motherly figures around the world. Home run of a day. Bright sunshine and warmer temper temperatures helped the Hurdle North Park Youth Baseball League open their 66th season in North Buffalo this past Saturday morning, May 6, as boys and girls flooded Hurdle Avenue in their annual parade that stretched for at least 10 blocks. In one of the biggest opening days in the history of the successful league, Hurdle Avenue business and, and residents stood on both sides of the commercial strip to welcome all the children backed after a long winter and increasing and incessant rains that threatened the playing fields of Shoshone Park. Vehicles driving east on Hurdle, Avenue, Hurdle after 11 a.m. soon discovered that the sudden change in traffic flow led by the Buffalo Police Department, Buffalo Fire Engine 38, and the mayor of the city of Buffalo, Byron Brown. Hi, everyone, greeted the mayor over public address system. After all had reached Shoshone Park, I would like to thank League President John Hornong and all the board members for the tremendous work that being done here in Shoshone Park. I would also like to acknowledge Don Morris for all his he is done for this league and unfortunately couldn't be with us today. I would like to give him a round of applause. Other special guests on hand for the ceremony were Delaware Park District Councilman Joel Ferletto, Erie County legislators Michael Cushin and John A. Bernese, and Judge Peter Savage Brown. All four visitors each threw out a first pitch to home plate. Hornan took the microphone first, however, and quickly introduced his vice president, Scott Galvin, who announced the names of four Shoshone softball girls on hand to receive a special award from the league for dedication and loyalty to Hurdle North Park, playing every year since T-ball. They were sisters, Julie and Carrie, Kilinowski, Emma Mahoney, and Genevieve Modisali each received beautifully framed jerseys of theirs when they played in Shoshone Park. This is one of the most meaningful honors I've ever received, said Mutasali. Being a part of Shoshone Park has meant so much to me, and I have learned some of life's greatest lessons here. 
My goal every day is to help other girls have the same experience as I did. Three young ladies from City Honors High School led everyone in the singing of our national anthem, and then it was time for the words, play ball. The Cubs beat the Braves, Spartans over the Bulldogs, Cardinals over the Pirates, and Shamrocks over the Stars. The Yankees defeated the Red Sox 6-3, the Orioles shut out the Twins, and the Blue Jays topped the Angels 3-1. In other games Saturday, the Padres needed just one run to beat the Dodgers. The Crimson Tide defeated Gators, and the Mets and Dodgers played to a 3-3 tie. The Rebels beat the Ravens 6-1. The Purple Eagles beat the Volunteers, and the Phillies won over the Giants. Games continue nightly at 6 p.m. Monday through Friday and all day on Saturday. Come on out to the ball game and watch these exciting games. The Blotter, Felonies from D District, North Buffalo, May 8, 2023, Kenmore Avenue. While attempting to pull defendant over for having no plates, defendant did take off from officers. Vehicle was found at 342 Tremaine Street and defendant was apprehended at 1716 Kenmore Avenue. Defendant did refuse multiple verbal commands to put his hands behind his head. Defendant did have a clear baggie containing white powdery substance believed to be crack cocaine. May 8, 2023, Delaware Avenue. On 421-2023 at approximately 1621 hours, the defendant entered 601 Amherst Street, Wegmans, and did take approximately $235 worth of grocery items past all points of purchase without rendering payment. Officers located the subject on 5823 at the Delaware Hartwell. Items believe were recovered from the defendant and submitted to evidence by patrol officers. May 8, 2023. On 5 8, 2023, while on routine patrol, officers did apprehend the defendant at Delaware Avenue in Hartwell in relationship to previous arrest. During subsequent actions to, to arrest search, officers did find one white crystal like rock substance believed to be crack cocaine from her purse. The suspect narcotic was concealed in a small round silver container and submitted to CPS lab for analysts by the patrol officer. May 5, 2023, Parkside Court. Defendant did engage in a verbal altercation with victim. Defendant did then strike victim multiple times with a closed fist to victim's face, causing pain, swelling, bruises, numbness to the face, along with a bloody nose and cut lip. West Side, May 7, 2023, Garner Avenue. Complainant states, while attempting to go to the bathroom, her and the defendant got into a verbal argument in the kitchen. That's when the defendant struck her with a closed fist. <clears throat> Complainant did decline medical condition, uh, medical attention on the scene. May 4th. 2023 Lafayette Avenue complainant reports after having a verbal argument and throwing her phone multiple times the defendant did throw complainant's phone at her the phone did strike complainant causing pain swelling and active bleed of complainant's mouth May is motor 
Motorcycle Safety Awareness Month. Warmer weather has arrived, daylight hours are longer, and it is finally spring. Motorcycle riding across Erie County are tuning up their bikes and getting ready for the riding season on the opening road on the open road. Motorcycles are inexpensive to purchase, fuel efficient, fun to ride, and easy to park. In Erie County alone, there are more than 21,000 registered riders who use their motorcycles for commuting, touring, and other recreational activities. According to the National Safety Council, although motorcycles make up only 3% of all registered vehicles and 0.6% of all vehicle miles traveled in the United States, Motorcyclists account for 14% of all traffic fatalities, with fatalities among motorcycle riders and passengers increasing by 8% from 2020 to 2021. I asked all motorists, especially new drivers, to be alert to the presence of motorcycles and to share the road safely. Motorcyclists are often ride to one side of the lane at the times the riders can hide in your vehicle blind spot. Always look twice before turning or changing lanes to be sure your path is clear. Allow more following distance for motorcycles, two or three car length is recommended if the roads are wet or visibly poor. Riders should follow motorcycle safety protocols, wear protective gear at all times including a helmet that meets or exceeds the U.S. Department of Transportation standards. Ride within your skill limits. Avoid riding in poor weather conditions. Use turn signals and never ride impaired or distracted. Riders can also benefit from any motorcycle safety programs offered to learn the critical skills needed to safely, needed to ride safely included seasoned riders who want to reinforce safety driving practices. Course graduates may also qualify for insurance premium discounts with some insurance insurers. Class locations and fees can be found at nysmsp.org. Before hitting the road this driving season, I remind motorcyclists that their motorcycle registration expires annually on April 30th, so take the time to visit the Erie County Auto Bureau to renew local. In addition, the, those who drive a motorcycle need to be properly licensed, as a 43% of fatal bike accidents involve an unlicensed driver. Take the time to get properly licensed, not only because it's the law, but because doing so may save a life. I urge everyone to use caution when sharing the road this summer. When we share the road, we share the responsibility of keeping each other safe. Together, the more we raise awareness and follow the rules of the road, the safer everyone is. Let's ride smart, ride safe, and enjoy the season. Jesus. The Grapevine, the Ronald McDonald Charity House of Western New York, is hosting the 5K Run July 26, 2023, starting at 770 West Ferry Street at 6.30 p.m. Early bird rate is $25. For more information on the race's duration and setup, please visit https backslash 
backslash runsignup.com. The Buffalo River Festival will be held June 16th, 17th, and 18th. A fun-filled family event will be held at the Buffalo River Fest Park at 249 Ohio Street. The event includes a vendor artisan fair, a heritage tent by Waterfront Memories Museum, a kid's zone, the Inn Thomas Technical Services, Father's Day Kids Fishing Derby, I Got It Bingo, rides on EM Cotter Fireboat, and live entertainment, drinks, and food. Reunion for all years of the Nativity of the BVM School on Albany Street to be held at the town of Clarence Park. Large Capacity Pavilion, Main Street Clearance, date Sunday, July 9, 2023, from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Potluck, reservations are a must. RSVP by 6-30-23 to Helen Kurzdorfer, K-U-R-Z-D-O-R-F-E-R, at 716-400-7977.
morning. Welcome to another broadcast day of the Niagara Frontier Radio Reading Service, a private not-for-profit organization. Radio Reading volunteers broadcast daily readings of newspapers, magazines, and books. They are blind, independent, handicapped persons who are provided reading radios. As always, please feel free to contact us with your comments, suggestions, or with any questions you may have. And stay with us.